everyone. I'm Brittany, the content and research producer. And I'm Ellie, the media and content producer at Magnify. And welcome to the Magnify podcast, where we co-host aspirational conversations to help you thrive and work through faith. This podcast is a place where we explore all the topics and questions which we all grapple with in our careers in faith, from imposter syndrome, identity, perfectionism, acting in courage, boundaries, really the list could go on. We dig in and get frank about all things work using faith as a backdrop. And through these conversations with dynamic individuals, we hope you'll leave informed, intrigued, and inspired in your faith and work life. ourselves as messy or not knowing all the answers we want to present ourselves as perfect and done up and I know what I'm doing the reality is none of us really do I mean we're all on a journey and so people just want to be along walking arms with you on that journey and so over time um, as I've become a face and a personality in our company I've really just had to learn that my mess is my message So Ellie, do you ever feel timid in sharing more of yourself at work? Yeah, definitely. Um, you and I, I think, are both very private people. So the thought of giving myself like to an audience and parts of my story to an audience really scares me. Um, and then I also think, you know, like if I share one thing, do I have to share another thing? Because if I'm not showing the full picture of my life, of my, you know, the context of which I'm speaking from, am I being authentic to who I am and to what my story is? I think that's such a good point, that authenticity piece as well. Um, that's something that I often consider because I feel like especially when you, if your role or what you're doing is a bit more public facing, it is like, okay, how much of this is the fullness of who I am? And in a job where our personality and experiences merge together, it's interesting to figure out how we navigate a passion to educate through our own stories while also honoring what we went through and keeping our privacy. And so not only is it a question of how much we share with our audience or customers, but also how open we should be with colleagues and um, how do we handle disagreements. Yeah, that's a big one for sure. Um, and our next guest, Heather Torres, is the Chief Operating Officer at Think Media, which is a team of content creators using video to help other businesses grow online. And with 1.6 million subscribers watching their videos and a YouTube channel of her own, which shares her homeschooling experience as a mum, Heather has a wealth of experience in negotiating her personality within and at her work. And in this episode, Heather shares how she's handled integrating her life and work the importance of not sharing something you're still going through and how to handle differing views and opinions within your team. She was such a pleasure to chat with, so let's listen in. Good morning. Hi, Heather. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Great. How are you doing? How's your morning going? Good. Good. Up, up early, but feeling really yeah. good. <laughs> nice. Whereabouts are you based, Heather? Um, I'm in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. What about you two? I'm in um, Northern Virginia, so I'm right outside of DC. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm in, well, I'm technically in London, but I'm at my family home at the moment, so Brighton. Amazing. I want to be yeah. in Brighton right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like minus nine degrees, so I don't think Okay, that, maybe I don't. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the like summer. It's like 75 here today, so yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. So yeah, welcome to the Magnify podcast, Heather. So we always start with a question for everyone just to get to know each other a bit better. So what was your first ever job? Oh, my first ever job, uh, my dad served in the military. And so we moved around quite a bit. And uh, my first job was um, I was a bagger, a grocery bagger at the commissary 
on base. So you didn't get paid a wage. You only got paid in tips. And so I was a little hustler. I was like, I will bag these groceries the best. I will make sure that like people know my name and I would have repeat customers that would want to get into my line. <laughs> and I, um, I remember I earned like a thousand dollars that first year. And I thought I was so rich. I was like, I have made it. This is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first, I was a grocery, uh, attendance. So now when I go to the grocery store and people are bagging groceries, I'm like, oh man, I feel you. Yeah. I know this struggle. (laughs) This is a good one. You know, it's one of those where you, you know, you, you're going to advance in life, but you got to start with the hard one first and bagging groceries for tips only was a good lesson of just like how to do good customer service. And I think that brings so much into what I do now of just, you know, just talking to people and just being someone that is there to serve. And I think starting in a service position really just helped my whole career. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Definitely. What about you, Brittany? Amazing. I was trying to think, I kind of technically, I had like a unofficial, my unofficial first job was working with, um, my mom. She used to, um, host like these jewelry parties and sell jewelry. Um, and so I used to assist with her, assist her with that when I was like eight or nine, um, which was fun. Um, and then I guess my first official job was actually my grandmother worked in like medical billing for a doctor's office. So I was able to uh, work in there um, as like a filing assistant in the office of just going through records and things like that. Um, and so that was very, that was very interesting. That taught me like a lot of uh, like organizational skills and things like that. My first job was I grew up in like a tiny, tiny village and it was like a shop on the village high street and I earned like three pounds an hour. So similar to you, Heather, it was very much like a hustle job. But as you said, you learn a lot from it, don't you? And you bring that forward into your job these days. Also, to get to know our guests a bit better, we like to do just around a quick fire question. Um, Fun. I like fire questions. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so the first one is, if you could have a dinner party with three guests from any era, who would they be and why? Okay. Um, well, I'm a Christian, and so I should say Jesus, right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I would actually say Mary, because Mary was Jesus's mom. And from being a mom of three kids, I want to be like, how in the world did you parent the perfect person on earth? Like, I think that would be so fun to like sit down with Mary, because she had other children too. Walt Disney would be a second one because like to, to see vision come to life and to have a vision for so long and not see it happen. And then it finally, like to have a legacy beyond where you are. I mean, Walt Disney is incredible now and it was nothing when he was actually alive. So to, to hear that visionary, um, I would say that. And then uh, let's see who else I would say probably Jane Austen. Uh, she, I just love her writing and, um, she lived in such a peculiar time to be an independent author and be a woman author. And so I think that would be a really interesting conversation, uh, to have with her about, you know, societal pressures on women and their expectations versus the dreams that you have for yourself. So what does that look like? And so that would be really an exciting conversation, I think. So interesting. What's your favorite book of hers? Uh, Pride and Prejudice. I'm a, I'm a through and through fan. You know, I I've watched all the movies. I've read the books. I've got a 12 year old now and she's like just starting to kind of get interested. And I'm like, Oh, you just wait. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And what's the favorite thing about your career? 
oh my goodness, that I get to help people every day, um, that I get to work with my best friends, um, that I get to work from home uh, and I can, you know, location independent. So I'm not like tied to have to be somewhere. Uh, that's probably the, just the freedom of it, I think. So three things that I love about my job. <laughs> and what's a surprising fact about you? A uh, surprising fact about me, um, I just... I just renovated my first RV uh, that I'm, Ooh. yeah. So I bought a, a 1998 C-Class RV and I totally renovated the whole inside. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to get another one. And I've started like a, a RV flipping business on the side just for fun. You know, while, we're, while we have nothing <laughs> else to do, I figured might as well. <laughs> I love that. That's so yeah. niche, but that's really cool. Yeah. Um, amazing. So one question we always love to ask our guests is growing up, what was your childhood like? And what do you think are the values that have shaped you into who you are today? What an amazing question. Um, my childhood was, uh, interesting. Um, my parents divorced very early on. Um, and my father was in the military. Um, but my mom actually had a traumatic scuba diving accident when I was six years old. Uh, which left her in a coma for several months and then uh, years of rehabilitation after that. And so my childhood was very interesting because I felt like in one sense, um, I grew up very different in, in the idea of being around my mom who was disabled. And so I lived with a, a mother who was disabled. And so that put me into a different category of seeing people differently um, because we weren't quote unquote a normal family, whatever that means. Um, but I, I grew up watching someone uh, lear relearn how to do most skills, um, which I think put values into me of patience and of, um, of just uh, honoring people of where they are on their own journey. And I I think throughout going, uh, throughout growing up, being at my mom's house or my dad's house and seeing kind of two worlds um, also really just helped me understand that um, people will come with different baggage and that's okay. And that I think one of the biggest values is the idea of creating your own life. You know, if you like, we only have so many days on this earth. And so you have the option to say yes or no to things. And when you say yes to too many things, you're saying no to other things. And so I think one of the values that was instilled in me was just, um, compassion for other people. Um, and then just the value of, uh, the, the understanding that we're here for a blimp and what is our vision and what are we, what is our purpose here in life? Amazing. Yeah. And you can definitely see that compassion in the way that you have such a desire to serve through your work as well. And, and for our listeners who maybe don't know, can you explain just a bit about what you do and what your day to day looks like? I know it must differ every day, but if you can just give some sort of a skeleton, that'd be great. Definitely. So um, my like official role, um, because people need those, I guess, in our company, um, I am the COO of a media company called Think Media, where we uh, help people learn how to grow uh, their influence with YouTube. And so we very much are into the platform of YouTube and what it can do to grow your business and your brand. Um, and through that, we have uh, students from around the world who are inside of our education programs. And then we run uh, front-facing content 
on YouTube. We have, I have a YouTube channel of 1.5 million subscribers. Um, we have a podcast with hundreds of thousands of downloads and really we're just there to serve people and help them learn how to use the tech and the gear and how to use the microphones and how to create videos so they can reach their audience. I believe that you uh, need money for your mission and YouTube is a way to be able to get that money so you can move forward in your mission. And so, uh, we're here to help and to serve, uh, people on all levels that are interested in video. Um, that's like my day job. Right. And I do that from my home office in my sweatpants. I always say, cause why not? And, uh, party, you know, party on the bottom, like business on the top yeah. is pretty much my role. Um, and I homeschool my three kids. So I have a, a 13 year old, a 12 year old and a 10 year old. And, um, and yeah, we, I'm sorry. He's not 10 yet. He's nine. He's <laughs> When you have three kids, you're like, where are we at? Uh, so yeah, my husband and I, we both work from home uh, with our company, Think Media, and we both homeschool our kids. And um, we live this kind of unconventional life online. And uh, that's what we do. And today we're going to be speaking about how to navigate our personalities within our work. Um, and part of your role at Think Media is almost being a face for a lot of the things, you know, for the podcast, for your channel as well. And what has that been like merging your personality and your job together into one? It's been such a learning process um, because there's just something that happens when you flip on a camera. It's just, there's something that happens to us internally where it's like, oh, I'm on. Like, okay, this is on. And uh, if you look back at early videos, man, is it hilarious to see the beginner Heather, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what my voice was like. You know, when you first hear your voice, you're like doing Instagram stories and you listen to it and you're like, is that what I sound like? <laughs> Right. And you got to have that word like, what is that really what my voice sounds like, you know, or did I make that face? Oh, why did I do that? You know, or, well, is that my, is that my teeth actually look like, you know, like you, you already, you start to pick yourself apart. And so when I first started, it was, um, it was so much, uh, I had such low self-confidence that I actually waited three years before I got on camera because I was so scared. I, I, I didn't, I didn't think I would fit in. I didn't think I would, I would be able to impact people. I was like, no, I am behind the camera's girl, not in front of the camera girl. But over time, just um, hearing from our community, hearing the needs that they had, knowing that I had the answer to that and that the only thing standing in my way was me, um, I started to just learn that, you know, people don't want perfect. That's not actually what people want. And my personality isn't perfect. I come from a, an Italian family, so I talk loud. I move my hands. I talk really fast. I laugh when, I'm, when it's funny. You know, like I, I'm just me. And I think over time, I've just learned that, you know, when I'm looking through the lens or when I'm talking into the microphone, it really is just to another person. It's not to millions of people. We don't want to present ourselves as messy or not knowing all the answers. We want to present ourselves as perfect and done up and I know what I'm doing. But the reality is none of us really do. I mean, we're all on a journey. And so people just want to be along locking arms with you on that journey. And so over time, um, as I've become a face and a personality in our company, I've really just had to learn that my mess is my message. And the more I can just really be authentic, like the first time I had to do a teaching, I had my arms next to my side the whole time because my armpits were sweating so much. And like people want to hear that story because it's so authentic to how they feel 
when they have to, you know, get on camera or, or, um, produce some type of content. And so I think for me, um, not being ashamed of being a mom, not being ashamed of, uh, of not being a college graduate, not being ashamed that, you know, I learned most of everything I know how to do from Google, like that's okay. And so I just bring that with me. Um, and I think that the more and more that people can just get past the idea of perfection, the more great content will come out because all we're doing is just sharing our stories and sharing the things we know with the people that are just a few steps behind us. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think that's so encouraging, like I'm sure for many of our listeners, but equally for Brittany and I, because I think that's something which we struggle with a lot. We always say we're naturally not people who stand in front of the camera, like you said, with people that are behind the camera and that's what we're used to. But um, actually like growing out of your comfort zone and knowing that by going in front of the camera, you're able to help someone that you can find your sort of motivation and the bit of, you know, encouragement you need to do that. Um, So thank you for sharing that. But I think once you've worked past just understanding that I don't have to lay my whole life out there, right? Like there's parts of my life that will not be online, you know, but I want to be as authentic and present as I can um, because that's the relatability. And in order to grow a company, in order to make a friend, in order to do any of those things, it starts with building a relationship at the core, connecting at the core of what we all want. And that is just a relationship with someone who's like us that we can relate to, that we can then pull on their positivity or pull on the things that they've been growing from um, and helps us move forward in our own lives. Yeah, definitely. I always think that, you know, vulnerability is the place where connection really grows. That's the point of root basically. And I do think that video is such a great way to do that with your audience, with people that you've never met before. This is all very beautiful, especially the way, just that emphasis on serving others. And um, like you, like you mentioned, not allowing, you know, just who we are, what we think our personality is or isn't to, um, one another from from helping one another with what we have to offer. Um, And I think with that in this next piece, um, as we give much of ourselves through kind of like this public platform, um, there's also like a part that we do kind of keep for who we are in some ways. And so in addition to Think Media, also doing your own YouTube channel focused on homeschooling, um, you definitely share a lot of like your family life So how have you found the balance between sharing um, pieces of your family um, for education, uh, but also keeping a bit of your own privacy? Really great question. Um, I, uh, one, I, I just, we discuss it as a family. So nothing is put online that's not been approved because my children's story is their story and it's actually not mine to tell and it's theirs to tell. And so anytime that we're going into a day where we're going to, um, you know, vlog our life, or I'm going to talk about, um, you know, where they are in their education or things like that, everything goes through the filter of, is this something 10 years from now that they would be embarrassed about? Is this something 10 years from now where I would feel uncomfortable that was shared? Um, and I think, you know, over the last couple of years, our family actually has gone through a, a very large dynamic um, that I haven't shared in our homeschool journey yet. We actually um, brought another child into our home and we walked through um, a, a custody process and, and into an adoption process. And so, you know, that was a huge process in itself. And even his, um, even his abilities that he was at, at his age and, and where he needed um, to growth in his education, you know, those type of things have still 
been private because that's such a tender story and that's so close to our family and even just how our, our whole family uh, needed to adjust to that new uh, dynamic that for us, we actually took a pause on our homeschool journey because we were going through so many changes. And I don't really like to, um, to tell the story while the story's still developing. I think that when you are online and you are, you know, sharing your life and you're sharing some of the, the private moments like that, that, and if that thing is still raw and you're still working through the emotions, you know, for me, it was bringing another child into our home, becoming a mother of another person's child. And what does that look like? And what's the dynamics? Um, and so I think for us, it really was just the idea of what do we really want to have online and how do we want to help people with this information? Um, yeah, for us, it really is about making sure that those raw tender things are either healed or we're walking through healing in those before we jump online and share the intimate details of how our family's being built. So I think for us, that's kind of the, 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 route that we like to take because we want to make sure that we're in a good place before we start sharing it. And we, we want to make sure that we're not sharing inauthentically smiles on our faces all the time, because that's not the reality. It's like that saying of you teach from your scars, not from your wounds, because the reason you're sharing that content is to educate and to help other people. And it's hard to do that when you are not sure of the lessons yet yourself of going through that process and journey. So I think that's so important when people are sort of deciding, okay, how much of myself am I willing to show as part of my job, as part of my career? Yeah, definitely. You know, and even, um, because we're, uh, we I have two different parts of my life that are online. I have like my business part, you know, and, and a lot of that is teaching through analogies and storytelling and helping people. And so, um, you know, even things that we've walked through in my husband, and I've been married almost 15 years. There's a lot that happens in 15 years of marriage. And so how much of that do you share? What are the lessons that are coming from that? I love how you said that. Um, Ellie, it's just that idea of like, what are the lessons and how can you then apply that as a teaching tool, right? Without really, um, without dishonoring uh, the struggle that you had to go through, right? How do you take those scars and how do you honor them um, in a way that can relate to people? That's so good with the public facing nature of your job. What are some of the ways that you, um, have you ever found it like tiring or um, have you found ways of like recharging in the midst of that? Yeah, definitely. It, it definitely is an outpouring of energy. Um, whenever I'm on video, whenever I'm teaching, uh, uh, usually it's not one video at a time. One of the life hacks that I do is I batch produce a lot of things. So usually I'll have two days of filming or three days of filming or four days of filming a whole month's worth of content. And that is a outpouring of energy. And, uh, and, um, my business partner and I with Sean Cannell, we always say that like, we train like athletes. So, you know, we are really uh, aware of the nutrition that we have. Uh, we are huge on sleep. Um, so we are getting a lot of sleep, just that recharge, uh, moving our bodies because, you know, even when you're doing video, you know, having good posture matters. So like really working your posture muscles, it sounds weird, but these are pieces of our, our, our job that really matter. And so, yeah, there's a lot of an outpouring of energy. Um, I love to recharge in nature. I'm a huge, uh, outdoors person when it comes to hiking and camping and kayaking and all of those things. And so so um, I like to just kind of get away, unplug um, just a couple hours. It doesn't even have to be days on end, but it's just that idea of just really getting back to, um, to the earth, right? Like just getting back into nature. Um, I also uh, am in daily prayer. You know, I, I believe that having a connection with God is such a recharge um, because it really just puts me into perspective of 
who I am, why I'm here and in the purpose he has for my life. And so that's a, a big part of my daily routine of just kind of unplugging and recharging in my faith and, 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 uh, and knowing where I'm going. Um, and then just being with my kids, you know, it could be building Legos. It could be watching a movie. It could be cooking dinner. Um, it could be, you know, sitting there and having a conversation with my daughter while she's sewing. All of those things for me are why I do what I do. And so I put as much energy into the outputs of the content so that I have the room to be able to recharge in the ways that matter most to me. Yeah. I love that emphasis on, you know, your, the importance of recharging as giving as well in your work, because I think you can't have one without the other. Um, and I think rest is such an important thing. And like you said, it's more than just like taking an hour out. It's your nutrition, it's your posture. It's how you really figuring out how you unwind and how you recharge. You know, it's not just sitting down and watching Netflix. It's actually understanding what refuels you to go again. Yes, definitely. And I mean, I'm also like, let's binge watch the whole Downton Abbey yeah. series. Like I'm into that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think that over time from doing this for so many years now, I know that when I've got that filming week and, and that, and now it's on a much larger scale, we have team, we have people that are setting things up. But I mean, when it was just the beginning, it was still me having to do all of those pieces, which is a lot of energy. And so for me, it's not necessarily about the hours. It really is about the output and then recharging that input, because if not, you're going to hit burnout. And that's not going to be good for me. It's not going to be good for my kids or my husband first. It's not going to be good for my, our customers or the people in our community. And so uh, me understanding like what, uh, what is the energy output and then how much energy do I need to recharge? So with that too, talking about that recharging and kind of taking that bit for ourselves, um, for anyone that is, uh, does have like a business that is personality driven, um, because obviously we're using that to try to connect with our audience um, and subsequently grow the audience. Um, what are some of the other ways that we can grow our audience? Um, maybe if we are taking our, a moment for ourselves. So good. Um, I think that uh, when you batch produce things, um, you can then post them in your jammies in your bed, right? So the idea of the idea of not having to get up every day to create content um, is a big deal. And so planning, having a lot of foresight ahead so that you can do things like be in the comments, like being, uh, you know, posting your Instagram reels or posting your YouTube video, um, in advance, like getting that up and done so that you can be, you know, I can be on my RV trip with my kids and just checking in for 30 minutes while I'm, while videos are going out, Instagram posts are going out, newsletters are going out, all of that's still happening because the system has been built and it's not an everyday feeling of, um, that, that need to create. Right. And when you create in batches, you're actually using different sides of your brain. And so when you are able to just do that side, then you can be growing your audience and doing the things that really matter in your business, right? We call them IPAs, income producing activities. You could be doing those things like, you know, figuring out what your next sale is going to be, figuring out what your promotion calendar is going to be, figuring out who you need on your team, right? You can do the things in your business rather than, or you could be working on your business, not in your business. So I think batch producing is a huge life hack to be able to have the time to recharge and be able to still grow your community at the same time. Just one more thing on that, because you also mentioned um, prayer as one of the ways that you recharge. And so what are some of the ways that, um, or the values that you bring um, from your faith into your work? 
Oh, it, um, perme it permeates through everything I do. Um, my, uh, my faith is, you know, my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. Then my husband, then my children, then my business. Right. And so, um, having that, uh, core, having that rock, that anchor, um, has been just a sustaining, uh, um, peace in my life. And so for us, and especially in my, in my business, it's so important that I'm not just making hasty decisions that I'm making decisions with, with God. And then my, and then into the world versus me going and trying to do it on my own and then saying, Hey, can you tag along with me? And just moving back onto sort of navigating our personality within our work. It's not just our personality with our customers, but also our personality with our coworkers as well. Um, and you and Sean seem like you have a great relationship, you know, your business partners and you've really built up Think Media together. Um, but similarly, I find it difficult myself personally, like in those working relationships, how professional and how friendly do you make it? And how do you balance that fine line between sharing what you need to in order to say, okay, this is what I can take on workload. This is where I'm at in my life, but also oversharing as well. Oh, such a great question. And that I think um, has grown in our relationship. Um, we've put a lot of boundaries in place in our workspace. Really, we're an open book. I mean, the candles know the Torres is like we are siblings, you know, <laughs> and, and siblings fight and siblings disagree. And so we work through those things, uh, knowing what is the vision and the mission um, of what we're trying to build. And if there's a disagreement, how can we work through that? And what does that look like? Um, and, you know, most of the time we're agreements on almost everything because we all know our roles and our places in the business, but there's times where, you know, feelings get hurt and we need to address those quickly. And because if we just foster those things, then we won't be able to move the mission forward. There will always be kind of that thorn in the side. And so we go head on into really tough conversations um, around money, around relationships, you know, around growth. And, uh, and we work through those things um, like adults and we uh, allow that to then help us move our mission forward. Amazing. And I think that's so important what you touch upon there of like, there are times when you disagree and that's going to be something everyone comes across in their career and in their workplaces. You know, it's never going to be a situation when you go through life and you agree with each of your colleagues. So in those moments of like opposing opinions, and this might have even been in past jobs as well, um, and views as well, whether that's personal or to do with work, how do you sort of navigate that? How do you handle those opposing opinions in the workplace? Yeah. So we have, uh, we have two ways that we communicate. We call it 2d and 3d. 2d is like you send a Slack message or an email, right? And, uh, you, you, you know, Oh, okay. Now we have a disagreement. Well, we need to make that into a 3d conversation. And what we do is we open up the floor and we allow the person to say how they're feeling and what the thing is. And the other person can't speak. Because what the, the, the thing is, is we want to come in defense, right? And so we need to actually just be there and listen. And then uh, we usually say something like, does that seem reasonable? Like, does that seem, okay, is that, I understand you're feeling like this. Is that reasonable in this situation? Or, you know, those type of things, because it could be emotions from an argument you're having with your spouse has now drawn itself into work. And so a lot of it that we're doing is like, couples counseling in that respect. Right. Um, but we really just want to hear the person. And so we give the person the space and it's uncomfortable and it's hard. Um, but I think the more you work through the ability, it's a muscle to have difficult conversations because let's be honest, we want everyone to like us. Like that is just a cold, that is just everyone. Like, I, I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I don't want someone to be upset with me, but when we can have those conversations, um, and then we apologize 
if it, if it needs an apology, we will apologize because maybe I didn't know that I was, you know, speaking harshly in that situation, or maybe I didn't even think about how that was going to affect your feelings. Right. I wasn't in that um, state when I had made that statement. Right. Or when I was doing that thing. And so apologize, being quick to forgive is important. And then we don't try and bring those grievances past that point. If it's been settled, it's been settled. That is then in the past and we're moving forward. Um, because that in relationships, when you're bringing up things like, um, we try and avoid the words always and never. You always do that. Okay, well, always? Or is that real? Right? Or you never do that. So we try to just avoid those things. I think that a lot of times it's just having honest conversations um, in, a, in a setting that has more than just two people. For us, that's really important because that third perspective could maybe be the tiebreaker and the person who's refereeing, um, you know, and seeing it from a different side that maybe the person that's hurt or the person that did the hurting didn't see. So important. Um, and I think something which there's a lot of emphasis around at the moment is this idea of bringing your full self to work. Um, and I think as well, there's a misconception with that phrase of like bringing your full self to work means bringing every facet of yourself to work. And I don't think that that's necessarily what that means. I think it's more bringing your back to your idea of like working in excellence and bringing your full potential to work. Um, and, you know, since doing that yourself, what have the benefits been in your own career and your own job since being able to do that? Yeah, a really great question. I think uh, one, as we were growing team, uh, we, and, and this is probably really interesting compared to other companies. We really do. Uh, we believe that everyone is on a team. We're not, there's not like employees and bosses. Like we are a team on a mission, right? And that puts it in a different perspective um, because that allows people, when you know you're a part of something, um, it just innately makes you want to bring your best. And so for me, I think that, um, you know, when I, when I first started out in my career, um, I was a young mother and I had a baby on my hip and I was, I dropped out of college and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I was struggling with anxiety and postpartum depression. Right. And I had low self-esteem and I had gained all this weight. Um, and so bringing excellence to the things that I was doing was the furthest from my mind. Um, but I think over time, understanding that I'm not here for myself, uh, meaning like I, I'm not here to make Heather famous. Um, that I, I believe that influence is given to you as you steward the gifts that have been given. And so for me, I, I view everything that I do. If today was the last day on this earth, which none of us are promised tomorrow. If it was my last day on earth, did I, what, did I show up for the people in my life as my best self? Did I give all that I could give, right? Did I, um, did I downplay or, or, uh, or not um, bring the best parts of me to the people that matter most? And so I think over time, um, I've just learned that giving it your all is the only way to do things because why, why do it halfway? Like what's the, what's, what are you gaining from only doing something halfway? And I think from doing that, my, myself and Sean, uh, we both show up with excellence to all the things that we do. If I've got a meeting, I want to be prepared. If, I, um, if I'm doing video, I need to be prepared. If I'm interviewing someone, I need to be prepared. And so I think it's giving yourself enough space to have that preparation because procrastination will just come on you like it's nobody's business. So it's like, it, what? Oh, it's here, right? So planning is a huge part of that. But I think just showing up, being your best, being authentic, um, knowing that you're going to mess up and that it's okay to fail in public. And just know that 
this is just part of the whole journey, but that why not bring your best to everything that you're doing? Um, and just instilling that as a daily routine has now just become something that is automatic and it's then contagious. Thank you so much, Heather, for your time today. Um, I know that we've both enjoyed this conversation a lot. Yes, thank you, Heather. It's so thank good meeting you. Thank you, ladies. So here were our top three takeaways from our amazing conversation with Heather. So number one was that our mess is our message. And I just love the way she managed to sum this up in five words. I just don't think I've ever heard it like so clearly in my life. Um, But it's so true, you know, like everything we go through and everything we feel like at the time has no purpose and being able to help other people and help ourselves in the future, it actually does. And the things that we go through and the troubles that we face when, when shared in a in a healthy way can make the world of difference to somebody else's life and what they're going through absolutely i love that piece of like you know truly nothing that we go through is wasted sometimes when we look back on things it's like oh man that was kind of a lot um to go through like i'm not sure if it's something that i would want to share um or you know we almost want to give like a more polished version of something but i think you know just the thought of like as it is it's enough in our next Uh, takeaway is that um, go head on into tough conversations Um, and I think that this is a great one especially um, for myself I'm pretty like very (laughs) non-confrontational but I think the thought that we can kind of journey into things that that are tough that don't seem as like easy in the very beginning I think especially when you're dealing with another person and maybe like a disagreement or something like that um it builds it really does build relationships to go ahead and just handle it then and there like the actual idea of confrontation makes me feel a bit sick but you know it's it's so much better once you've done it and you get it out the way and it also sets you up better in the future as well like if you then face another disagreement for whatever reason you know a couple of months down the line you then know how to handle that in a respectful way and our third takeaway was teach from your scars not your wounds i thought that this one was very very beautiful because um it takes out that pressure of thinking like, okay, I have to give everything right up front. I think sometimes it does take time to, um, actually going back to that first point of like, your mess being your message, sometimes it takes a minute to figure out what the message actually was in that. And I don't know if we figure that out in the midst of, of the wound itself. I think sometimes you, you actually need a bit of healing over top of it first before you, um, are able to actually give it to somebody else yeah definitely yeah I love your point of you know you don't even know the lesson yet from that experience so it's hard to share that and also it sort of answers our question of like how do we know how much to share and I think that's just like a clear you share this you don't share this like if you're still going through something if you're still processing it if you're still trying to understand it it's probably not a good idea to share that with your audience at that time or maybe even with your colleagues you know as well until you've processed it yourself and you can deal with it in private and then if you want to share it you can but you still don't have to share that thing Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you know anyone who might love this episode too, go ahead and share it with them. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We love to hear your thoughts and it really helps us out. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to our email list, which you can find on the Magnify website, where you'll get connected and informed with even more inspiring content. And also our inbox is always open. So if you have a topic you want us to chat about, or if you have something that you just want to add to our conversations, you can email us at elliatmagnifycollective.com.